Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with this message entitled, Church Family Life, preached June the 10th, 2012. Romans 14, 1 through 4. Church family life, how we as Christians relate to one another in the church. I'm not speaking about family life, church family life. So I'm speaking so you can hear it and understand it and live by it. As God's children, how do we relate to each other in God's holy church? Because we come from different backgrounds, countries, cultures, and tribes. We are Jews and Gentiles. We eat different foods, yet we all are children of the Heavenly Father, who loves us with an everlasting love. We all confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ who loved us and died for our sins. And we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We all delight in the Holy Scriptures which daily teach us, rebuke us and correct us and train us in righteousness. We all live by the grace of God which enable us to abound in good works. We all belong to the kingdom of God which is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We all are justified by grace and not by works of righteousness which we have done. We all are sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus, says Paul to the Galatians. So as God's children, we are to relate to one another in love. And love sacrifices. This epistle instructs us to love all God's children born into God's one family. Romans 12, 9 and 10, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above yourselves. Romans 13, verse 8, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another for he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. We are all brothers and sisters. 
So we love one another with the love poured out into our hearts abundantly by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. There are strong Christians and weak Christians in God's one church. There are infants, young people, and people like me, mature people. Everyone does not have the same level of gospel understanding. Though by his death and resurrection, Jesus abrogated the ceremonial law relating to days and diet and drinks and feasts and fasts and sacrifices. Yet there was no official emancipation proclamation on a calendar day saying all ceremonial laws have been what? Abrogated. There was a necessary period of transition. So most Jewish Christians continue to abide by these laws. They were called weak Christians. Most of the Gentile Christians did not concern themselves with these ceremonial laws. So they were omnivorous. They ate all foods including meat offered to idols without any conscience problem. They gave thanks to God and ate. Most Jewish believers in the church of Rome chose to become vegetarians because it was difficult for them to ensure the meat to be kosher. So by eating not meat, they made sure they had a clear conscience toward God. In this, they followed the approach of Daniel in Babylon. Before the abrogation of all the ceremonial laws, he chose to be a vegetarian. So Daniel 1.16, so the God took away their choice food and wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. When it came to the truth of salvation, justification by faith, Paul refused to compromise. We are justified by grace alone through the righteousness of Christ alone freely imputed to us. Christ took all our sins upon himself and his death is our atonement and Christ Jesus gave us his perfect divine righteousness and so we are justified. So we need not to fulfill any law in order to justify ourselves by a legal righteousness of our own. But we prove our salvation, our justification by living a holy life. But Paul compromised all his life in adiaphora matters. 
things that make no difference in regard to our salvation. The kingdom of God is not broses kai poses. What does that mean, sir? Not food and drink. So weak vegetarians are in God's kingdom and strong non-vegetarians are also in God's kingdom. It is not a sin to be a vegetarian. We belong to one God's family, so love one another. If your conscience is weak, eat vegetables all your life. Drink no coffee or tea. Use no lipstick. Use no medicine. Do no business to make a profit. Watch no movies. Drink no wine. Use only white clothes. Celebrate no holidays or birthdays. No Christmas, no Easter. It's all right. In this church, we welcome all people. And we love all God's children without what? Discrimination. We maintain that evil is not in food or drink, but in human heart, as Jesus said. Thank God he gives us a new heart, a new mind, and new affections. So we can love all God's people. And we pray that weak people with their weak conscience become strong people as they adjust their conscience by the ongoing teaching ministry of this church. Conscience, friends, is not our final authority. The conscience of Christian adjusts itself to the word of God as he delights himself in it. So I want to speak to you three things. First, welcome the weak. Accept the weak. Receive the weak, it says. We are commanded, therefore, to receive the weak. Receive the one who is not convinced that the gospel gives him the freedom to eat meat. Even meat offered to idols and sold in the market. The weak Christian is not sure that the ceremonial laws have been abrogated. The strong are not to force him to eat meat and thus violate his conscience and cause him to sin. The strong is commanded to take the initiative, go out of his way to receive him, not just into the church through baptism. The command is not to tolerate him. Command is not to treat him as a second class citizen. He is commanded to accept him, receive him, welcome him unconditionally without reservation. 
He is to welcome him heartily into one's inner circle. He is to welcome into his heart with warmth, kindness and genuine love. That's the meaning of the word in the Greek to receive. The strong is to fellowship with him. The word koinonia, fellowship, appears first in Acts 2 and verse 42. The believers devoted themselves to apostles' teaching and fellowship. This fellowship is created by the Holy Spirit. So in our benediction we say, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. St. John says in his epistle chapter 1 verse 3 we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and the Son Jesus Christ. Fellowship with God and fellowship with one another created by the Holy Spirit. Our fellowship is with the triune God and God's people, weak or strong. Welcome the weak as Philemon was instructed to welcome his runaway slave. How? Paul says, welcome him, that is Onesimus, as you would welcome me, that is, with much love. Welcome the weak, as Jesus would welcome his brothers and sisters into heaven. John 14, verse 3. Yes, he is weak, but he is your brother and God's son whom he loved from eternity and in time, effectually called and justified, and he shall be glorified. His faith is weak. He is Mr. Little Faith, but not Mr. No Faith. But Mr. Little Faith is a believer. His conscience is now weak. But God is not finished with him yet. God will in due time make him strong in the faith as he listens to the preaching of the word. God's ministers are appointed for that purpose. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. In essential things, his faith is correct. He believes in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 8, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and was raised for our justification. He believes Christ died for his sins and was raised for his justification. Weak believers in Rome were mostly Jewish people. They were a minority 
the strong were mostly Gentile believers who were in the majority. The majority is commanded to welcome into their hearts the weak minority. The weak will in due time become mature and forsake childish things, so we hope. Remember, we were all weak ones. Romans 5, 6. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, weak, Christ died for the ungodly. And the strong must help the weak. Jesus said, Acts 20 verse 35, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.14, And we urge you brothers, warn those who are idle. I cannot stand lazy people. I tell them, go to the ant and learn something. And if you are lazy people, I rebuke you today. And I tell you, work, study hard, improve your grade, work hard, sir. Don't be a leech and don't depend on the federal government. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Remember, we have not yet arrived at the unity of faith until we all reach unity in the faith, Ephesians 4.13, and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God that is still future. The strong must receive the weak. But not to settle the issues relating to things indifferent. Disputations seldom create unity. We are not asked to receive into fellowship those who deny the essential doctrines of Christianity. That's not what we are asked to do. Uh, So today in the name of ecumenicalism, you know, Hindus and Muslims and atheists and Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, we all come together. That is synagogue of Satan. That's not what St. Paul is telling us. We are not asked to receive people who deny the deity of Christ. We are to receive weak Christians who are weak in issues that have nothing to do with our eternal salvation. The weak Christian is not a sinner. His weakness has nothing to do with moral issues. We are all in Christ. We are all in the kingdom of God. We are all members of God's family. Paul practiced what he was teaching. In 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23, he says, Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. 
to those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, as to win those under the law, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law, to the weak I became weak, to win the weak, I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. And he tells this in 1 Corinthians 10, 31 through 33. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews or Greeks or the church of God. Even as I try to please everybody in every way. Yes, the strong beliefs that ceremonial laws are now abrogated. So one can eat all sorts of things. All food is clean. Nothing is unclean. John Mark, he wrote a gospel. It was written to the Romans in which he discloses the teaching of Jesus Christ that all food is clean. The strong should not cause his superior knowledge to cause the weak person to stumble. Paul said to the Corinthian, knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. Love the weak and in due time he will become strong. And the second point is don't despise or condemn. Don't despise the weak or condemn the strong. The truth is the strong is correct in his understanding. As believers in Christ, we can eat all kinds of food for which we give God thanks. But don't use this knowledge to despise the weak who only we eat vegetables. The word is exuteneo, means despise. That is, the strong is commanded not to treat his weak brother as nothing, as worthless. Your slogan, all things are lawful, is true. But you must understand all things do not edify. As strong believers, we have a responsibility to edify, build up, make strong our weak brothers and sisters by love and sympathy and by the ministry of the word of God. Notice, but God demonstrate his own love for us. Romans 5, 8 in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ loved and died for us when we were weak sinners, ungodly and enemies of God. Pay attention to what Paul said to the Corinthians 
in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Despising your weak brother is a sin. Eating only vegetables is not a sin. There is a danger for the strong to become antinomians. The weak also must avoid sinning. There is a danger for the weak to be legalist. The tyranny of legalism. They have a tendency, the weak, to condemn those who enjoy their gospel liberty. They sit in judgment of the strong. They argue that unless you stop eating meat, you are not Christians. How can you be a Christian when you eat meat, drink wine, wear jewelry, wear makeup, use medicine, watch movies, play football, invest your money to make a profit, spend money to fix your hair, to make it look great. Use a wedding ring as a symbol of marriage and so on and so on. If you do not all become vegetarians, you cannot be saved. So we Christians, I speak to we Christians, don't condemn the strong ones and sin terribly. Remove the plank from your eyes. Before you can see the speck in the eyes of your brother. The third point. It's disappointing, but it is a pretty good point. God has received all of us. Hotheos got out on proselabeto. For God has received him. Understand this truth. God has welcomed the strong into his kingdom, into his family, into his church. God has welcomed the weak also into his kingdom, into his heaven, into his family, into his church. Friends, the bride of Christ consists of the strong and the weak. The little faith and the strong faith. Christ values us all as his bride. We are his jewels. We are his treasure. And we read today we are the apple of his eyes. Weak or strong. If God has received us all into himself. Into his heart. Why do we judge the strong and despise the weak. And sin against God. If God received us all, then who are we not to receive? Whom God himself received. And so we read in Acts 10 verse 14 and 47 and 48. While Peter was still speaking these words. The Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Then Peter said, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And in Acts 11 verse 17 he says, so if God gave them the same gift he gave us, the Holy Spirit, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, Who was I 
to think that I could oppose God. You have no authority to condemn another's house servant. You are not his master. Mind your own business. You have no right to meddle. To his own master he stands or falls, Paul says. The truth is, his master loves his slave. And his slave loves his master. And at the final judgment he shall be made able to stand. For his God and master is mighty to make him stand. This is the declaration of the assurance of salvation. If God saved us, we shall never fall or perish. So Jude 24, I read to you, to him who is able to keep you from falling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Jesus said in John 10, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. Or listen to what he says in Romans 8. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies Who is he that condemns Christ Jesus who died more than that? Who was raised to life. He is at the right hand of God. And is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger or sword? For I am convinced neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, sir. And we read in St. Peter chapter 1 verse 5, who through faith are shielded. By God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And Hebrew writer says in chapter 7, therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Because he always lives to intercede for him. Our Lord is mighty to make us all stand and not even one fall or perish. 
he will make us all stand before God when he judges us through our Lord Jesus Christ. We read in Romans 2 verse 16, this will take place, this judgment. On the day when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. He is mighty. He is dunatos. He is able to keep us stand. Yeah, is he able? Yes, sir. Ephesians 1 beginning with verse 18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength. Which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And seated him him at his right hand in the heavenly realms Ephesians 3.20 now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us Colossians 1.29 to this end I labor struggling with all his energy which is so powerfully works in me Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Ephesians 6, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. God chose to save not the mighty. Not the wise, nor the influential, nor those of noble birth. He chose us. The foolish, the weak, the lowly, the despised, yea, the zeros of this world to shame the mighty and wise. So we will stand. In the final analysis, we all were weak. Yea, we all were dead. But because of his great love and rich mercy, he saved the prostitute Rahab, the wretched man born blind, the miserable blind Bartimaeus, the sinful woman of Luke 7, and the adulterous woman of John 8, the miserable thief on the cross, and the chief sinner publican Zacchaeus. Friends, we are weak, but our God is mighty. He saved us and he will save us. So receive, welcome the weak, love the weak that he may become strong. Use your strength to build up the weak in the family of God. Let me give you some application. 15 of them. Number one, we were all weak, lost and dead. But God saved us because of his great love and rich mercy. Number two, we are all brothers and sisters in God's family. Number three, so let us oppose all disunity and strive to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Let us see the sevenfold unity which bind us together. 
That's number four. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over all and through all and in all, from whom and through whom and unto him are all things to him be glory forever. Number five, we need each other and our spiritual gifts. Each one is made strong by everyone's gift. Number six, we are not our brother's master to deal with him in things indifferent. Number seven, thank God for his delegated authorities like parents and pastors who train us in things that matter. Number eight, never compromise in the essential doctrines of Christianity. Number nine, be ready to compromise for the sake of the gospel in things adiaphora, indifferent. Number 10, be ready to appreciate the fact that everyone is different in some ways. We are not Xerox copies. Number 11, Live in love and minister to all with our gifts that all may grow up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Number 12, let us live avoiding the dangers of the legalism of the weak and the antinomianism of the strong. Number 13, Christian fellowship should not be based on agreement on disputable matters, but based on the everlasting love of our triune God. Number 14, in essential Christian doctrines, that is, in what the Bible commands and forbids, In essential Christian doctrines, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. Number 15. The solution to the weak, strong problem is not to have a separate church for the strong and a different church for the weak. It is God's will to have one church for both for the weak and for the strong for the white for the black and brown and yellow and tall and small and rich and poor and educated and uneducated because we are all gods Heavenly Father we pray that you help us to practice love in your family, in the church. We especially pray for those who are dead in their trespasses and sins. Lord, you are mighty to make them alive. Make them alive. Save sinners. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.